Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we have decided to do our podcast topic about our 10 top tips for getting fit and healthy quickly. Yeah, so kind of what we would do. And um, it's really good because I've gone really practical. And then I said, oh, I think we should put some mindset stuff in. And all yours was kind of mindset stuff. So between us, we are encompassing the full range of holistic health really aren't we dad yeah and that wasn't planned at all normally it's you who you're really into the mindset training aren't you yeah and i like the whole foundation principles and practicality but we've gone a little bit role reversal today yeah so it's it's really good so we're getting the full gamut of our top and these are things that we practice and that we live by and it's we're not just saying these from some far away place this is like the stuff that we would do every day to maintain our health and fitness right yeah, so you're going to give five practical tips, but then with my kind of mindset tips, it's that's the the philosophy behind it, isn't it, really? Because these tips, the ones that you're going to say, seem obvious to implement, but they do get tough when you get things like withdrawal symptoms and discomfort and, you know, things like that. So, But if you get the mindset in place to put them all into action, it's that double whammy, and that's what creates long-lasting change. Absolutely. So probably I'll be able to riff more on yours and you'll be riffing more on yeah, Probably, mine. yeah. <laughs> so shall we get started? Do you want to go first? Right, yeah. So my first tip would be to track things. This has been a big one for me in the last, maybe, well, probably since the start of the year. It wasn't a New Year's resolution, but it's something that I implemented a lot more into my life. So when you, you track things like exercise or hydration or food, it gives you a visual representation of what's actually going on. Mm. And I like that because if we don't track things, um, which a lot of people don't, and once you, once you you get into a healthy routine, obviously you, you need to track less because you, you know, you're more cognizant of what's going on. But as you're starting out, it gives you an idea when you see it in front of you, you're like, oh, it could be really scary. You see all your bad habits laid out in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and even things like tracking your food, you start to see what's going on in your own mind. So if you yeah. eat if you eat a packet of biscuits and then you you know you have to track that and log it into my fitness pal and you find yourself not wanting to do it, then it's 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 revealing yourself to yourself, really, isn't it? So yeah. it's a really good awareness program. So yeah, big one for me, track things, it makes things obvious. Um and it almost there's a like a, an element of gamifying the process. Mm-hmm. So when you you track things, see how many days you can do in a row. Mm-hmm. And then see if you can get to 30 days and 100 days. And we all know the more you do things, the more days in a row you do it. That's when the that's when the real impact comes. Yeah. So if we can track things, I think that's a, it's an easy win. And it, 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 re- it reveals yourself to yourself as well. Absolutely. So, Dan, you didn't know this, but I'm just in the middle. Well, we just started our um, 21 Day Flatten Your Abs program. And any of my programs that you do, the first thing I get everyone doing it's tracking their food, tracking their habits. So I've sent out habit trackers, diet planners. Um, you know, I've sold everyone to download my fitness pal. And that is absolutely the first thing. You've got to do that. And like you say, if you if the stuff that you're not logging, then you become aware of that. Like, why are you not logging it? I'm not checking on them. It's only like you're just lying to yourself. So why are you lying to yourself? Why can't you accept that you... And as Carl Jung says, you know, if, if you're not aware of things, you'll they'll direct your life and you'll call them fit. So you'll be going, oh, well, I was just designed. I'm designed this way. I'm big boned. You hear that all the time, don't you? I've got big bones. But no, it's just because you're eating 10 packets of biscuits every day and not putting them on the logger, on the tracker. So, you know, they're, you're not big boned. You're not destined to always to be big. It's just that you, you're not eating in alignment with your goals. And it's yeah. all about bringing yourself in alignment to your goals and whatever your goals are, they're great, but they're in the distant future. It's what you're doing every day to align yourself to those goals. And you've got to keep track of them. Otherwise, you'll just you'll just go off piece again. And yeah, be back it, to where you were. exactly. It's making this like you said about Carl Jung, it's the, making the subconscious conscious. And that's literally what it is. If you put something in front of you on paper or on, on an app, that's exactly what's going on. And then if you if you're. Um, telling yourself lies and not logging stuff and then your your coach who is like if you're if you review someone's my fitness panel you think well they've absolutely perfect and they've gained <laughs> 10 pounds and like it makes the coaches uh, life hard work as well yeah so that's a real simple one for me 
just track yeah. if you went tracking you're slacking as they say yeah and if you're not assessing you're just guessing so <laughs> <laughs> if you're not tracking you're slacking and if you're just not assessing you're just guessing <laughs> yeah, so exactly. yeah so yeah i totally agree good one dan cool. so my my first one is sleep if for me if i don't get enough sleep my habits go crap i make bad choices the next day i'm running uh, i go back on that sugar caffeine roller coaster and for me sleep is if anyone if any of my friends are listening to this will know that from a very young age i've always prioritized sleep over anything because i was always the one at parties going oh, i've got to go to bed now <laughs> i've got to go home because i've always just appreciated that how much sleep i get it makes me feel sick if i don't get enough sleep it's like i just feel crap so why would i like not what why would i want to feel like that why would i not want to go to bed early and get up get eight hours sleep you know so you me, do you feel like a different human when you have a fresh sleep don't you yeah yeah and it's like why would you want to bring your energy levels down purposefully by not getting sleep and it sounds obvious but we ha- are living it in a sleep pandemic there's hardly anybody in the world nowadays gets like enough sleep it's like eight hours sleep is the recommended amount and there's very few people in the world that get eight hours uninterrupted sleep yeah quality and quantity as well mm. because if you you might think you're getting eight hours a night but if it's that interrupted sleep, if you've had, I don't know whether you get this as well, but if I drink alcohol, I don't sleep as well. Like you don't mm. go to that deep REM sleep. You, you wake up mm-hmm. feeling groggy. Or if you've been up watching television late at night and it's it kind of, if you watch a scary movie or something, it stays in your mind and you might have had eight hours, but was it a good eight hours? Yeah. So it's that type of thing. And most people don't get eight anywhere. They probably get six or seven. And it's, but it's such an easy win if you just prioritize it, mm-hmm. like you, you're never going to regret having a good night's sleep. So then two extra episodes of Break and Bad, which you watched the night before and you've lost two hours sleep, mm-hmm. you're not going to wake up the next day tired and think, I'm really proud of myself for, <laughs> for watching those two episodes. <laughs> I'm so but pleased if, I did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you wake up the next day and think, oh, that extra two hours of sleep, you're going to be so much more productive. You're going to be in a better mood. It's going to show you're going to feel healthier. You're probably going to do better habits the next day as well. Mm-hmm. um it just it's such a cornerstone habit yeah it is totally and you know why would you want to not not sleep i remember going to the check institute you know how those when we did our course and the courses are really long aren't they you start like eight mm. o'clock in the morning and don't finish till six seven o'clock at night and i remember everyone going oh i've got to go to the gym <laughs> i've got to go in for a run and i was like i just need to go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i was i was the bo- i'm always the boring one who goes to sleep but i don't care and then you can chuck in a power nap on the afternoon as well. I'm a big proponent of a power nap. Maybe not as often as you, because I've like yeah. a work shift. So, um, but yeah, sometimes a 20 minute power nap, power nap for me, I feel better than an actual eight hours of sleep on a night. I just wake mm. up feeling so I'm much I'm a big fan of the power nap every day, blanket time. Even the dogs now know that when I say blanket time, they lie down as well. Usually on me. So there's usually me and the dogs <laughs> having blanket time, three o'clock every day. <laughs> Yeah, but we live in this strange society where a lot of people think you're lazy if you have a power nap or you're lazy if you have eight hours sleep. And that's like, if, yeah. you, if you only knew how much better you would feel. I'm I'd, so I'd much more productive when I've had a power nap because like, yeah, like exactly. yourself, you know, sometimes we have to teach on it. Well, I have to teach most nights. So it's like I work on a night. I don't come in at five and then sit in front of the telly for like six hours or whatever. I go out and I don't get back till after nine. So it's like, that's my, it's like my downtime yeah it, it's like if you might think you have a, a 20 minute half an hour power nap even if you even if it went up to an hour but if that hour makes the, the next six hours three times more productive mm. and it isn't it worth it yeah like it's it seems like a no-brainer to me but we, we live in a society where sleep is classed as being lazy when it, it's just absolutely idiotic i was laughing the other day because i was uh, you know i did that course with warren and i still keep in touch with the guys who i did the course with and um, mm. we have like meetings every now and then we had a zoom meeting the other day and it was getting close to my nap time <laughs> i was like sorry boys i've got to go for a nap <laughs> they all just accepted it like it was you know like how many kind of businessy type meetings could you go to and they're all like all right yeah, yeah bye <laughs> they just accepted that yeah. that was that was life and yeah and i was just like sorry i've got to go and have a nap <laughs> 
perfectly fine with it. We just made me laugh. They're just so accepting that that was the thing. <laughs> yeah. When you're in the, like, the, the Czech community, that's you, you do get strange stuff like that. Like when you do the courses, <laughs> everyone just pulls out a bag of salt <laughs> to put <laughs> to in the water. Their own salt, yeah. Yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? I know, you're in a restaurant and everyone's passing their own salt around. Like, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, they were just so like, yeah, yeah, you must go and have your nap. And it was just funny because I was thinking, how many like business meetings would you go to and I'd say like, I need to go and have a sleep and everyone just go yes yes you must <laughs> you must go yeah that's when you know you've you found your lane in life where people have accepting yeah. of your supposedly where you'd have it you found your tribe yeah <laughs> right okay so my next tip is kind of on the same lines and this is to I suppose sleep is like this a power nap is definitely like this it's just changing your state like a, a little quick win it doesn't take long if you're feeling depressed if you're anxious if you're not in a good mood People think it's like this massive life change to, you know, get things back on track, which mm-hmm. might be deeper issues. But often you can get a really small win and change the way you're feeling. It might only take five or 10 minutes. You can just, just change your state. You can do a quick, a few rounds of a breathing technique. You can do a small workout. You can, you can get outside. You can listen to something funny. You can play your favorite song. Just change your state. It's not rocket science. If you can just go from, do the exact opposite to what you're doing. If you're feeling absolutely exhausted, have a little nap. You're going to wake up feeling fresher. If you're feeling sluggish, get up, do a workout. It's going to put some energy in your system. And if every time you're feeling like a feeling that you don't want, just quickly change your state. And if you can, you're going to release endorphins, dopamine, you're just going to be more enthusiastic. I think it's such, it's so easy. I know you had a, a technique for this. What was it when you is it squat aversion therapy or yeah, something? Yeah, the squat got... aversion method. Yeah. So in our core club, when we we went through a phase that if we felt like we needed to have a biscuit, or we were felt ourselves heading towards the biscuit tin, and this is a kind of about making your subconscious conscious as well. We'd go right. We're going to do ten squats, and we called it the squat aversion method, so that every time you felt like you were going to have a biscuit, you do ten squats, and then still see if you feel like you need the biscuit. Then it's just about were you doing it out of a habit? Was it just a mindless thing? Are you being mindful of it? If you still need the biscuit, you were allowed to have it, but you had to do 10 squats first. Yeah, so the normally going for the biscuit is probably because you were feeling bored and you wanted that dopamine hit, because obviously the mm-hmm. biscuit or the sweets or whatever, it's the sugar rush and it releases the endorphins and the happy feelings. But the doing the 10 squats is going to give you a very similar feeling. You're going to release those dopamines, those endorphins. You're going to get the blood flowing. You're going to change your state. Mm-hmm. so it's like a double effect you're not going to have the biscuit and you're going to get the benefits of doing the exercise doing mm-hmm. a breathing technique would do the same thing going for a walk outside would do the same thing just change your state i find it's a really again another easy win and it's yeah. it doesn't have to be like this you don't have to go to therapy or to, i'm so depressed sometimes if you just like do a little bit of hard work do 50 burpees yeah i guarantee you when someone's on the hundredth burpee aren't feeling anxious anymore yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't be anxious or depressed in that moment because you're so focused on the task sometimes a little bit of hard work and just changing your state can actually i'd be angry with you if you on. made us do 100 burpees like i'd be fuming but you wouldn't be anxious <laughs> or depressed anymore <laughs> this is true i've started thinking lately like i've been thinking about life as you do and I've been thinking that we're in this kind of spiral all the time. Like the world is made up of spirals, isn't it? You know, like that's how we 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 created as a fetus that we start spiraling around and then things spiral off. And we're always on this spiral. And we're either spiraling up or spiraling down. But really, we want to be kind of on the same level, like homeostasis, and we want to be going into the upward spiral and <laughs> things like that, and putting you back into that upward spiral, aren't they? Rather than yeah. because when you get caught in that drift of upward spiraling, then the, the things compound, but that also works equally on the downward spiral, doesn't it? When you get into that fixed mindset and that whole, oh, I can't do this, I can't, oh, this life's shite. Uh, and then everything feels like shite and that brings you down in that downward spiral. And it's really hard to get you back up into that upward spiral. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the, like you said, it's the compound effect. And mm-hmm. like what I said before, when you track stuff, if you, can, if you can almost gamify stuff, see how many small wins you can link together. Yeah. Just stack those wins and they don't have to be these drastic things. Often they aren't. A lot of all these experts on success, they just say it's just the almost the monotony of just doing the boring little successful little wins all the time. 
And whoever mm-hmm. can string the most of them together is going to achieve the goal better and faster. That's all it is. Yeah. But I think we've been taught there's this big secret somewhere where we have to... <laughs> or a magic going, pill somewhere or that's going to do it for yeah, us. Or a shortcut. It's not. It's just almost the... Um, it was going to be one of my next points, actually. So I'll dive into it now and I'll well, let you do two in a row. It's linking that discomfort with progression. Mm-hmm. So you might have the discomfort of eating the so-called boring meal every day, doing the exercise day after day, doing the basics day after day. That's mm-hmm. actually progression. It's learning to yeah. get comfortable with the almost monotony in the boring day-to-day small wins. Okay, But you need to link that, that discomfort of being bored is progression. Normally when we deviate from that path and we got, we want that short-term high by drinking the alcohol or mm-hmm. I know missing the difficult workout and binging on Netflix and getting a takeaway, we think that we think that that's what we're aiming for. That short-term high, it's not really if you want success and like self-respect and pride, it's linking that discomfort of doing the workout when you can't be bothered, when tracking your meals, eating so-called boring food that's actually the progression. Well, like you say, you'll end up in that downward spiral. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. It's like, keep going. When everyone else stops, you keep going. And that's that's the thing. And even when you're not getting the results, you keep going because the results are there. They're just further down the line. You know, you've got to keep keep on with it I'd like like when I was doing that thing with Lee and I thought I was going to lose loads of weight <laughs> like instantly and uh, within a week when I stopped like gluten and alcohol and eggs and dairy and all that and I was really clean it took three months before even the slightest bit of weight started to drop off us and like it was just keeping going with it and then eventually it will happen that's what I try and teach all my my people <laughs> all my people that success isn't linear and you're not guaranteed to have the results what you are guaranteed is that if you keep doing that stuff the results will come but it's not a guaranteed time frame it's further on down the line yeah it's not even like it it depends what you're talking around if you do like health stuff like it it is pretty much guaranteed but things like um business and relationships and things like that the result isn't actually it's not always 100 guaranteed because i mean life's a pretty chaotic thing isn't it it's never mm-hmm. always guaranteed but what you're going to do like you know you always say like choose your hard like what's mm-hmm. the hard is it you'd the the pain of regret is going to be worse of the not known at least at least put all your effort in and try your chances yeah. that you're going to achieve what you want are going to be higher it's still nothing's ever guaranteed but like the the regret is always going to be there if you don't try yeah exactly um, and you just need like you said like losing that weight and doing lee's program all those days where you think nothing's happening, you're just building that foundation so strong that eventually like it just it, it funnels up to the top and you get supercharged when you've built that foundation really high. And because the results don't come instant, I always think of it like a philosophical way, like it's the universe's way of our life saying like, okay, we're going to see if you really deserve this. We're going to put yeah. you through shit and doubt and hard times for the first few months, first year. And then you're going to get the results. We're going to see if you want to earn it first. Because yeah, see if you really be- want it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because anyone who's ever achieved anything difficult or successful, or almost unbelievable, the amount of effort and sacrifice that gets to that point is almost people. A lot of people just aren't willing to do it, are they? Not willing to to do it. No, no. Yeah. And it's like bamboo, isn't it? Bamboo grows under the ground for like eight years before it just bouts up and then it grows like literally overnight within six months it's a fully grown fully formed tree so it's that underneath that bamboo of you growing underneath and then then the results will pop out but it could take a long long time but like you see you're building it up you're building that momentum for success but you got to keep going yeah it's that it's that you see it all the time on quotes and stuff but it actually is really good when I, i don't know if there was one person who said it but it's it took me 10 years to become an overnight success. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's true. These it's people so true. Who, yeah, you learn to link that discomfort and that boredom with progression. You think today was really hard. The food was so boring. The workout was hard. <laughs> it's the 10th day in a row. That's actually progression. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you link and that people in your who head, say things like, oh, you're lucky you, you don't, you know, you don't put weight on. Like, I'm not lucky. <laughs> Luck has fuck all to do with anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the harder you try, the luckier you get. That's what yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, I, I, 
does my idea my pin oh you're so lucky because you've got such a good business like fuck all to do with luck that <laughs> yeah you're so lucky you never put any weight on like fucking track me meals for like 60 days in a row and i haven't drank for like i don't drink on a week <laughs> i do six workouts a week it's so lucky that i go i work out regularly and that i eat healthily and i drink all the water and get to sleep on time yeah that's luck yeah elon elon musk obviously I think he's the richest man in the world now isn't he? he he's got a famous tweet hasn't he saying i work 18 hours a day 365 days a year for the past 25 years <laughs> People are still calling me lucky. It's like, <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as luck. It doesn't happen by luck. If you look at anyone who has achieved anything, including health, it's it's not luck. Yeah, we're all dealt certain cards and certain attributes in life, but it's it's how you play them. It's still mm-hmm. nothing comes nothing comes without hard work. So, well, it's that quote, and I was I, I said it the other day to someone, and it is your genes load the gun but your environment pulls the trigger. So yeah, you might good, yeah. be like, like I'm pre, like I got gestational diabetes. So I know that I am predispositioned. What is that the right word? Like, predisposed. Predisposed, that's the word, to get diabetes. The doctor said you've got like more chance of getting diabetes. But the only way that I can, he said, the only way that you can stop doing that is by keeping fit and healthy. And so far, touch wood, it hasn't returned in the last 16 years since I had it. And I get tested for it regularly. And like my mom died of cancer. My uncle died of cancer. My grand died of cancer. I've got cancer in the family. So I was obsessed that like cancer is going to happen. But when I read Dr. Bruce Lipton and he was saying like, you know, yeah, your genes do load the gun. But the environment that you live in and the like, if I was smoking and drinking, yes, of course, I'm going to get a higher chance of having cancer. But that's my environment. That's what I'm mm. choosing to to do. So that would be making me more more you know susceptible to get it. Yeah. 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 But no more than anyone else, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and and with the with the diabetes, you could have took that as a like oh woe is me you know yeah I'm I get go out, all my friends go out and drink and they eat unhealthy I can't do that oh the, you know feel sorry for me I can't live however else is living but instead you flip it around and say right this is my chance to just double down on living a healthy lifestyle. And I'm going to show others how to do it. It's just, what's that saying? Take the hand that you dealt and pretend it's mm. the one that you wanted. Yeah. So everyone has ups and downs. Just make the best of it. And it wasn't like I had a, a lower version of diabetes. I had to inject insulin for six months <laughs> for pregnancies. <laughs> so I was injecting insulin. It wasn't like it was. So that kind of also made me realize that I didn't want to get it because I know what it's like to have to be pricking your finger before every meal and after every meal and every couple of hours checking your blood and making sure you've got your insulin pens with you and that you have your insulin at the right times and all of that. I know what it's like to have it. And that made me think, right, how can I avoid this? (laughs) Yeah. So that's that discomfort is progression. So you've learned the discomfort, right? Right. How do I not ever get to this point again? Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And I'm testament that you can do that. Absolutely. All right. So what's your... Okay. You do two in a row then, because I've just done two in a row. Okay, so this one is a um, one that you might not think about, but it's nasal breathing. So whenever you are breathing functionally in everyday life, I know I do conscious connected breathing, which is a, a mouth breathing technique, similar to the Wim Hof technique, but that's just a technique that we use for a small period of time. Every day during your life, you should be trying to breathe through your nose, in and out through your nose, and um, that is a much better way to optimize your respiratory system because your nose is the organ that is designed for clearing the air warming the air up so and nitric oxide is produced at the back of your nose so you're getting that vasodilatory molecule into your lungs and into your heart which is much better for your um your circulation and it also kills a lot of germs so it's really good for your immune system it down regulates your nervous system there's a lot of reasons why you should be doing nasal breathing but we probably don't really think about it every day. And I've noticed that when we're teaching in particular, because you're getting out of breath and you just start taking in as much air as you want through, through your mouth. It's um, I've tried to consciously stop doing that now and breathe through my nose. So what's the difference between, I always, when I was like younger, growing up, say when you want to calm down, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason to do that? Or should it be always through your nose? Well, they always say that down? the inhale is the um, sympath- 
parasympathetic nervous system and the mm -hmm. exhale is the parasympathetic nervous system. So if you right. want to calm, so the sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight response and the parasympathetic is your rest and digest. So what, that's how they teach pregnant women uh, going through birth is like to inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth, which would be a technique that if you want to calm everything down, but if you're just doing functionally every day, it's nasal breathing in mm. and out through your nose. Sometimes, uh, I don't do this very often, but I have done it in the past and it, it's actually quite difficult if you don't practice nasal breathing, but just go for a walk and try and only breathe through your nose. Yeah, and I'll see how long you can that <laughs> And then yeah. see how long you can hold your breath on an exhale as well. So just oh, breathe right, okay. normally and then exhale and then just keep walking and see if you can hold your breath for five five walks, like five counts. All right, cool. Well, that's similar to the, yeah, the Wim Hof thing where you do the, the exhale at the end and then mm. hold your breath hold for as long breath. as you can. That's surprising how long you can do it when you practice. But on that note, have you seen Wim Hof's got a program coming out on yes, BBC? I, I don't know. I just quickly saw the advert, so I don't oh, exactly good, know what it's about. Awesome, but it? yeah. yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can find it and watch it. And on another note, I went to see Bro Russell Brand the other night. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. He was talking about breathing and stuff. Oh, right, yeah. Well, he's had like, Wim Hof on his podcast a few times, and he's quite close friends, aren't they? Yeah, he, he was saying about uh, when he went round to, what's that guy called, the body coach guy? Joe Wicks. Oh, Joe Wicks, yeah. Yeah, he was saying, because he looks a bit like, Joe Wicks and him look a bit alike. He do, yeah. yeah. And he was saying, like, Joe, Joe Wicks is just like the evil mirror of me if I hadn't spent my 20s on crack and heroin. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, Wim Hof came round being all Viking and you know, making them take it. He says, I have to like strip down to my trunks in front of Joe Wicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Russell like, Brand, he does like, um, he does, uh, I think jujitsu and martial arts now. Yeah, he does. It's, it's not like massively intense, but he's, uh, he's obviously a lot more health conscious than his twenties. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing though, because this, this sounds like us, right? So uh, Russell came on and he was like, right. So I don't, Obviously, I don't smoke crack or inject heroin anymore. It's like I don't drink alcohol. I don't avoid all stimulants. I um, don't look at pornography. <laughs> it's like I'm a vegan. And he just went, yeah, death will be such a sweet release. <laughs> and I was like, it sounds like us, doesn't it? Because we were always going on like, I don't eat gluten. I don't do this. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. But the thing is, like, I thought that like, people think that because we don't do stuff, some like, and we do or do other things that it's we're restricting ourselves but because we understand this i've been thinking about this a lot actually we've other people see it as a restriction we see it as a freedom yeah it's a mindset discipline equals freedom yeah yeah which is strange it's, isn't it it's almost like a like an oxymoron to some degree discipline mm -hmm. equals freedom because if you yeah like you said discipline most people think i can't do this i can't do that blah blah mm -hmm. blah but by restricting the stuff that you can do allows you to do a lot more enjoyable lot of things. The other stuff, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you like, don't smoke and don't eat crap, look after your health. It allows you to enjoy workouts, to go hiking, to do all these things, to feel good in your own body. To, to be not, not in be, pain. Yeah, to not be in pain, to not um to not be self-conscious. Like that's more enjoyable than smoking or drinking and all these other things. Yeah. To fit in your clothes, to you know, be confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so nasal breathing, yeah. So I practice it, everyone. So when you're out walking, just see if you can breathe in and out through your nose. And you'll be surprised how many times you drop into mouth oh, breathing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, a, it's a, again, making the subconscious conscious, isn't it? Yeah. And also, um, because you might be wondering why mouth breathing is so bad for you, it's um, chronic mouth breathing. That's really bad. Like, obviously, if you've got a cold, you have to breathe through your mouth. And um, on a, so if you're a chronic mouth breather, it can change the shape of your jaw. It can change the shape of your teeth. It can um, create, like, it dries out your microbiome in your mouth, which is the first, first level of digestion. So it can really affect that. And yeah, it can affect all sorts of systems. So check if you're a chronic mouth breather. Yeah. And if you look at um, photos online, you can see that it does change the shape of people's faces the jaw mm. kind of sits back um it doesn't look like an attractive shaped face does it i know that's a, yeah you lose your chin don't you yeah yeah you lose it so the chin goes back and really small mm -hmm. and uh if people are struggling to nasal breathe if you're just trying it and one of the things you need to be aware of is you might be eating foods that block your nose so things mm. like dairy and gluten and like allergens can block your nasal passages 
and you might you might want to not nasal breathe as practice mm-hmm. but you literally might not be able to because you just everything's blocked so then maybe looking at something like eliminating some foods if you just google it you can there's some really common ones and that might clear your airways a little bit and help you yeah and also um if you do nasal breathe more you get less blockages because your body understands that it doesn't block your nose uh, yeah, because yeah. that's how you breathe so like it won't do it <laughs> yeah yeah so. yeah i know what you mean <laughs> Right. Um, so nasal breathing. Number three was water. Just drink the freaking water. Like how many people say, oh, I can't drink water? Like you don't hear a dog or a horse going, I can't drink water. Like what would they drink? You know, I wouldn't we- would be impressed if I heard a horse say, <laughs> I can't drink water. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't drink anything else, do they? So yeah. like water is what we are made of it's what we need all of our bodily functions require water in some degree or another and just drink it like i don't know i, <laughs> I can't understand why people have such a problem water is the only thing i drink nowadays and um yeah drink your water and like you said on the last note with the nasal breathing the more you do it the easier it gets water is yeah. definitely like that the more you drink mm-hmm. the more you just get into a habit i know that there's a very common thing people say when they do start increasing the water intake they say well i'm just at the toilet all the time but that doesn't last forever that's no. maybe after the first few weeks that dies down and your body learns mm-hmm. to retain it and use it better but even if like that's not it's not the end of the world if you go to the toilet an extra three times a day it takes like 30 seconds out of your day to go for it a week you get up and out of your chair and do a bit of movement <laughs> yeah, as well exactly. so it counts towards your need your non-exercise <laughs> what's it activity thermogenesis yeah but yeah it's just it's just yeah it's so simple and yeah, we can go on about drinking different types of water, putting salt in your water. These are all better things to do. But God, if you just just start drinking water to begin with, and then you can fine tune it. Yeah, absolutely. Right, shall I jump onto another mindset one? Yeah, go on then. Right, so my next one is, I suppose it's not mindset. It's, it's actually probably more practical, but it's the things that are knocking you off track or the things that you would consider your vice. This comes from Atomic Habits, and it's, create an environment where they out the way so hide your vices okay so out of sight out of mind mm-hmm. i think there's probably a i don't know if you can remember this but in atomic habits he's got probably a fancier way of saying it because he has a fancy way of saying everything mm-hmm. can't remember yeah. what it is anyway but anyway it's just the yeah. valley of doom or something like that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah we've spoke about an environment a few times here really simple if you if your vice is it could be anything if it's alcohol just put it in the cupboard as opposed to the fridge so you're not going to look at it or if the same mm-hmm. with kind of sweets and chocolate and stuff just get it out of the way if it's your mobile phone when you when you want to be spending time with your family or at the dinner table put your phone in a different room it's only half an hour it'll, it'll just break that break the cycle mm-hmm. um any vice is really cigarettes put your cigarettes in a different room or if it's like russell brand said like pornography or something just i don't know put a, a blocker on your laptop so you can't get on it like Get it, make it as hard as possible for you to avoid that vice and then add in something positive. Mm-hmm. So where the, where the chocolate used to be in the, on the kitchen table, put some fruit. So try and try and replace it. It might seem really obvious, but it works out of sight, out of mind. Absolutely mm-hmm. works. Habit avoidance. It's like, just make the bad habits hard and the good habits easy. So if you want to go for a run, then have your shoes and your running kit ready first thing on and put it out before you go to bed on a night. So it's there before your brain kicks in and you're off running. And then like bad habits, yeah, like you say, put the chocolate up the shed even so that you actually have to work and do stuff because ultimately we're quite lazy and yeah. um, that we probably won't do it if we know that the chocolate's right up the end of the garden somewhere yeah, else, you know. So, yeah, make the good habits easy and the bad habits hard. Yeah, and then when you when you're doing the good habits as well, you can then start stacking them together. Habit so stacking. Yeah, habit stacking. So then I think he says the obvious one is like every time you you brush your teeth because you're such an, in a habit of brushing your teeth, you're never not going to do it. Then maybe just add in ten squats or ten press ups or anything mm-hmm. else which is going to be positive. It takes yeah. because the, you've already you've pretty much already instilled the habit for life by brushing your teeth. So you're never not going to do that. So if you stack something else on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, even even better so yeah but in yeah. general if you just read atomic habits there's so much good information in there we could we only have done a full podcast about it but it's it's very i don't very think good. we ever released that one you know i think it was one of our first ones that we oh, were that? like really going oh, we couldn't we couldn't talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah we became really self-aware yeah we maybe should do that one again yeah, we should, we should like, do, yeah. Uh, what do we talk about 
don't know. <laughs> That's uh, that was one of our practice ones. Um, oh yeah, good one. So this one is is my turn now, isn't it? Um, yep. So I'm gonna hate myself, and everyone else is gonna hate me for saying this, but cut out alcohol. It's just like one of those habits that we get into, and um, it's not serving. It doesn't serve anyone. I mean, they've come out recently in the news and said like there is no safe level of alcohol no. that you can have um, for cancer and for uh, well, all sorts of diseases and conditions can be linked to alcohol. And yeah, I hate myself for saying it, but now I've done dry January where we are now. We're in April, and I haven't had a drop of alcohol since. And it. I'm not missing it and I don't want to be evangelical about this but yeah it's it, is it serving you it's a time to have I think it's a we all need to have a discussion with ourselves really around why do we do it <laughs> what what's the reasons yeah it's alcohol's a funny one because it's so ingrained in society and we just get taught that it's normal we should mm-hmm. commiserate with alcohol we should celebrate with alcohol we should relax with alcohol yeah um, it's everywhere around us and it's mm-hmm. we've just been told that it's normal but in other cultures it's actually not as normal and it's and there's a lot of like science into it like you said they just released a study the other day which i'm surprised they actually released because you think the alcohol companies wouldn't want it to yeah. be to be noted that there is no safe limit all it does is damage um yeah but it's 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 one of those so we spoke earlier about changing the state alcohol will change your state but it's always for the negative really it's um it's one of those drugs that's it's like a downer and i think it's that's one of the reasons spiral isn't yeah, it? why, it why they call it the... spirits it's like it's it so you know some people who get angry in alcohol and they get depressed it's like it does release this different spirit in people it's often not mm-hmm. good um but it's weird because it's so ingrained in society and a lot of people can have one or two beers or a glass of wine and they generally generally don't really change. They're still happy people. So I kind of do get both ways. But I think really if it's if it affects you in a negative way, as in you're a horrible drunk or you're dependent on alcohol, that's going to shift the pendulum massively in it if you cut alcohol out. Yeah, yeah. And like for me, I'm not a big, I was never a big drinker anyway, but it was like um, it just affected my sleep too much. Like even the smallest glass of wine would just keep us well i'd go to sleep but then it'd wake us up in the night and it's just not worth it for me in the end <laughs> yeah so, so that's it's a strange yeah. one because it does help you go to sleep i find on the mm. same five a drink i will probably sleep a lot quicker but i think there's lots of research showing that you don't go into like deep rem sleep do you so you might feel as though i'll have a glass of wine and knock me out but then you ultimately wake up feeling groggy because you haven't hit that rem sleep i think mm. smoking um, a lot of people smoke cannabis or marijuana to sleep as well but I think that does the same thing. It stops your brain mm. from going into REM sleep. So you might feel as though it knocks you out initially, but really your quality of sleep isn't as good. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, even though I don't want to be evangelical and I'm never saying I'm not going to have a drink again, it does make a big difference. Like I say, I agree. I don't drink a lot. I don't think I would ever cut it out for good. I've done it for like six months in the past, even when I was in my mid-20s. I just had a bit of an experiment. Um, but... I'd look, I don't know whether it's just me or you might be the same, but I've never really kind of craved it. No, I've, I mean, no. my vice would always be sugar instead. That, that's Chocolate. what I struggled with. Yeah. Yeah. So other people are the, are the opposite. They, they crave a drink and chocolate and sweets. It doesn't really do it to them in the same way. So, but you're absolutely yeah. right. It is. It's, it's a poison, isn't it? Yeah, it is a poison. Right. So my final tip is preparation. Mm-hmm. And there's loads of good quotes about preparation, so I'm going to rhyme a few off. Uh, hey, yeah. So, fail to prepare, prepare to fail is the most common one, but it's mm-hmm. absolutely true. Yeah. Spectacular success is always preceded by unspectacular preparation. And that kind of goes back to the link discomfort with progression. Just link that monotonous, boring, <laughs> you know, yeah, unspectacular mm-hmm. preparation, but it just keeps you on the path of progression. And what's the other one? Preparation prevents piss poor performance of the five P's, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I heard that one. So I just I just can't stress enough, like even just the day before, like the night before, plan your meals, plan your day out. Like uh, you said about the if you go for a run, plan, plan what run you're gonna do. Um, what make your playlist, put your trainers by the back door, set your alarm, 
Like all these things are going to mount to the, your chances of actually doing that run are going to be so much higher than just going to bed and thinking, I should really go for a run tomorrow. That doesn't sound like someone who's going to do it. But if you've planned the playlist, if your headphones are out, if it's all prepared, if you prepare your food for the next day, like when I say I log all my food, I log it all the day before. I don't even log it during the day. Yeah. I do it the night before. So I think that's what I'm eating tomorrow. I'm not going to deviate because I've planned. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to, like, most of it's already cooked and it's already planned. So there's no chance of deviation. And then if I do deviate, again, it's like that making the subconscious conscious. It's like, ah, this isn't in the plan. You mm-hmm. didn't prepare for this. So yeah, preparation goes a long, long way. And it's about being proactive and becoming an active participant in your life and not just reacting to life as it comes and hits you because life will invariably come and hit you. It's, that's life. But if you keep taking those knocks and allowing them to knock you off your path, then you'll never get anywhere. So it's about being proactive, even if you know that, right, doesn't matter what happens to me that day, I am going to be eating this food. I'm going to, I've got my water bottle. You know, life can hit me with whatever it can hit me with, but I still stay on my track. And life will hit you. Like the devil appears in the strangest thing, in the strangest places. Yeah, that's exactly what you just said. So if you if you plan your morning run, if you've made your playlist, got your trainers out, you know exactly the route you're taking, you've set your alarm and your your food's already logged and your food's already made, okay? If the rest of the day goes to shit and you've already planned all those things and you kind of deviate from that, you're still going to progress in all those areas, your fitness, mm-hmm. your health. But if you wake up and you think your alarm goes off, you think, oh, I can't be bothered to go for that run. Oh, I didn't really plan my breakfast. So you get a McDonald's breakfast on the way. Then you get a bagel and then the sugar crash happens. So then you reach for the next sugar snack and then all the negative things happen. So you think, oh man, that made me feel like crap. What's going to make me feel better? I'll have a coffee and another bagel. So you're just reacting all the time. Whereas if a little bit of preparation came in, some of those negative things might happen anyway, but you've got such a strong foundation that you're going to be able to survive that a little Mm -hmm. bit better and still make progress. Yeah, it's just about building resilience. And how do you do that through experience and preparation and understanding that life is going to hit you with stuff and you've just got to keep on, keep on keeping on. And it might seem monotonous. It does become boring, but link that with progression. That, that's like, that's almost one of the tests because the buzz of eating healthy and doing hard workouts, that wears off pretty quick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it wears off pretty quick. So what, what does life do? It presents another challenge of, Right. Okay. Yeah. Well done. You've got started. You're on this health journey. Right. So here's the next challenge. I'm going to make, I'm going to make it boring. I'm going to see how long <laughs> you can survive it being boring because that's the next level up and that's it. <laughs> if you can just link that boring to progress. And then the then, next level is, right. I'm going to make it boring. Then the next level is I'm going to stop your results. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's going yeah. to be boring and you're not going to see results. Can you yeah. still keep going? Yeah. And then I'm going to chuck in a few people who are going to try and stop you from doing it because they're jealous and they can't be bothered to put the hard work in. <laughs> I yeah. deal with that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just gonna, level ups. Yeah. yeah. Then I'm going to throw in a holiday. Can you keep going? Can you keep going? <laughs> it's boring and you've got a holiday and there's people yeah. trying to distract you. Yeah. They just all level ups and I'm going to get going to give you an injury. And then I know there's going to be a pandemic and the gym's going to shut. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to all throw happens. a few like family illnesses like you're gonna get sick as well and can you keep going now can you get back on track yeah hence why build the foundation and the basics as strong as you possibly can because it's going to help you survive anything like that absolutely and i think when i do get hit with life's problems now i revert back to all of the foundations because that's where i find comfort and strength from you know, like if things are hitting us, I think, well, you know, I, I need to drink more water. I need to make sure I get enough sleep and so that I can then give to others because you can't give what you haven't got. So if that's happening, yeah. then then I like kind of take comfort in those foundations because I know that's where my good mental health lives. Yeah, so that's a that's a really interesting point because I just heard someone else say the same thing recently and that was like a big light bulb moment for me he was saying what you just said when when life gets hard that's when you should work harder harder where whereas um yeah say if something hard happens in life you should diet harder you should work out harder Mm -hmm. you should you should be more prepared you should be more disciplined because 
nothing hard is ever overcome by going easier, by going to by going for uh, short term pleasures. That only makes things worse. It might mm. feel in that instant easier, but when things get hard, the only way to make it better is to go harder. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh yeah, it's like that's so counterintuitive to what we've been taught. To when things get hard, you should rely on people and you should become softer and you should, you know, you should mourn and complain. Like, no, just battle through it. And you yeah. go back to the foundations, get the sleep. And get don't the allow yourself to be sidetracked off yeah. that because things are going to be hitting you all the time. Like we both had COVID, haven't we? Like when I had COVID I, and you did the same, you know, you well, I didn't feel too bad actually. I felt like <laughs> you, <shit. laughs> you felt like shit. I felt all right. But I was like, even like I was making sure I still I was I was eating healthier when I had COVID, if you know what I mean. Cause like I was eating more healthy and I was eat, drinking more water and I was working on the mindset and doing all the stuff even more. Yeah, and I, I probably wasn't well for a week or two. I wasn't horrendous, but it's funny, you know, that you've built a good foundation when I was the things I was missing was like going outside, yeah. going to the gym, yeah, get my appetite back. I, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, pretty much it was like a, a free token to just stay at home. It was winter, watch Netflix, eat crap, but that became boring very quickly. And I was craving that actually the other stuff, which uh, which I really value in life, actually. Yeah, me too. Me too. So my final one is eat more protein and strength train. And that's a quick, quick way to win. Like Amen to that. <laughs> amen. And we just did a podcast on protein, our last one. So not last one, the one before last. So um, listen to that if you want to know more about protein and strength training. We've done podcasts on that as well. But yeah, like for me, yeah, like I'm not a runner. I don't really do like the long, slow, steady stuff. Get your strength training in. It, resistance training is the, the boss. Do your mobility so you can strength train better. But yeah, get more protein down your neck. With the whole like the whole long distance running thing. I understand it, but there's a lot of people that say now either either walk or sprint. There's no like that, that middle, <laughs> yes. middle, middle ground is for it. Like if you want if you want cardiovascular health, you can just go for a walk. Unless you you're born in Kenya or somewhere like that. Where <laughs> yeah, and you're, and you're chasing like a, an antelope for your dinner. It's a, either either walk or sprint. Like jogging is just that middle ground. I know we we are designed to do it to some degree, but if you want the cardio, you can just go for a walk. And if you want to be explosive and have muscle and strength, and sprint it's kind of like a middle ground just going yeah. for a jog yeah i'd rather just walk walk up a hill dogs yeah isn't it strange how the benefits are almost identical to walking but walking so much more enjoyable <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. jogging is it's just a faster walk but for some reason it's just so i'm the same as you i can't stand it <laughs> i can't stand it no you'll never see me on a treadmill or out like that <laughs> unless i was rehabbing an injury but it's that would be the only time. Yeah, so yeah. But, but strength training. Yeah, I mean, that's I pretty. I think you probably found this more than anything because you've introduced kettlebells to your clients the last few years. Mm-hmm. How much people enjoy it? Oh God, love it, mm. and they love the the fact that you can see really good progression because they all they all started with four kg like we did, and then now they're all progressing on through through the different weights, and the effects that it has on your body is just like yeah, and they like, isn't it? And the variety of training as well. Yeah, and Kettlebells, how good it feels. Dumbbells. Yeah, it definitely releases endorphins and stuff. And mm. you sometimes get like that delayed muscle soreness as well. So like, you, mm. I feel like you know you've done something. Yeah. I, I feel like you've, you know when you've not done it for a couple of weeks and you go back and do it and you, you feel like you can't sit on the toilet and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's when you push a little bit too far. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I love strength training. I think uh, well, I think everybody should be doing it, and women in particular, because we don't. And they say, oh, I don't want to bulk up. You've got no fucking chance of bulking up. No. And with the whole <laughs> strength training and protein as well, like your, your metabolism just gets fired up. You feel um, yeah. you feel energetic. You'll, you'll lean out. Your, your body shape will change. It's just kind of, yeah, just the, the opposite of that sluggish day-to-day kind of boring like you get mm. fired up don't you and you want to you, you want to keep yeah. going like for me like it's, it, it gets that fire raging it's upward spiraling mm. that's the theme um, of this podcast where's <laughs> <laughs> the vibe man <laughs> um yeah and when you're talking about metabolism and people have sluggish metabolisms because they've yo-yo dieted all their lives and 
perfect the whole system up. Strength training is a really good way to just kickstart that and get that metabolism back and firing again. Yeah, so many benefits like endorphins, adrenaline rushing, it strengthens your bones, it builds like muscle mass. Like you say, it fires your metabolism up, helps helps with everything. Yeah, as long as you do it correctly and safely and do it like a yeah. say like a kettlebell class with a trained coach like Jill or me. It's um yeah, the the benefits are endless. Yeah. So hey, Dan, that was pretty good. And you would be able to riff on that. So guys, yeah, if you've enjoyed that, just let us know what your top tips for a healthy lifestyle are. Um, that's mine and Dan's, and they're pretty much integrative through the whole of the body and psyche and mind, body and soul. And um, yeah, let us know what yours are. Cool. So this was episode 99. <laughs> so we're going <laughs> to do a little review of our previous we're coming up to the 100th episode going to review what we've done over the past two years and our for our century episode so it might actually take us a little bit of time to review what we've done because i honestly can't remember I can't <laughs> either. Okay. <laughs> so viewers you might have to you might have to let us know what the hell we've been talking about for the past two years so we can actually review ourselves because <laughs> we don't know what we've been talking about for the last two years <laughs> i can't believe we've had two years worth of doing these podcasts done yeah i know it's just it's flown over hasn't it and like I said, I thought we did a one about atomic habits, but that must have been because there's a few of them we didn't release because we had to up our game a little bit with like recording and all that type of thing. So we've we've learned a bit as well. I think we've upped our game from we should release that one and just see what it was like. Because nah. we switched the mics on. I just remember switching the mics on. We were like, just went stiff. Um, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. And then there was it's the whole raining. fiasco of you um, having your, your mic on mute. For about 30 minutes once before we could even get started. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't, we were trying everything, weren't we? Like, we were switching <laughs> the computers on and off, coming in and out of Zoom. And then it was like, I pressed the button on my mic. Oh, yes. but you live in there. Yeah, so thanks, listeners, for sticking with us through these first 90 Yeah, if you've listened to all the episodes, let us know, because I wonder if anyone has actually listened to all of the episodes. Yeah, there might be, yeah. We'll be back next week for number 100. Woohoo! I wonder what that means in numerology. We'll have to get Sharon back on. To tell oh yeah, us. yeah. There'll be, there's got to be some sig- significance on the the century episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we're releasing content every Monday on Spotify, iTunes, Alexa, Audible. We're everywhere that you could want to listen to a podcast. And um, we'll see you again soon. Yeah, thanks everyone. Bye.